0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Against the Current podcast. My name is Rudy Garcia, and I'm really excited that you're here. Um, man, let's just dive into it. We're going to talk about four different things, um, four of my passions. Uh, every episode, it's really going to be, but we're going to explore different aspects of them. And um, for most of the time, it's going to be just me. Uh, but here and then, I'll, I'll bring in you know a friend of mine or, or someone I know or someone that I think is interesting. Um, to talk to about, again, just we're going to run the gambit, talk about these four things. And this basically is going to be the order every time. Uh, first off is going to be art, creativity, things like that. Then it's going to be health and fitness. Then it's going to be culture and current events. And then we're going to close off with the Bible, with some scripture. Um, and I personally am Christian, evangelical. Um, really going to dive into that in a very fun way, I think. I'm gonna. I I love that I love everything we're talking about But Let's see if we can uh, Get some Get some stuff talked about First of all We're just gonna uh, Open up with Art Creativity Really my origin story of of That Because I I am An aspiring author I'm working on my first book And um, My first novel So working on it Trying to get that edited Trying to get that Sent to publishers And And Really seeing what what happens with that, you know? Um, so I I really just wanted to give you guys a little backstory and it is something I'm gonna keep talking about and not just not just book and literature, you know, books and literature. I'm a musician. Um I play drums, write music here and there, so we're just gonna explore creativity, um uh, for a little bit. Um and I'll just give you a little origin story with storytelling specifically. Um, My love for storytelling really started when I was younger, a little kid, grew up in in a time where they really didn't make uh, phones and really being on your phone as you drove in the car wasn't a thing, Uh, as your parents drove in a car wasn't a thing, you know, so I really had to entertain myself in my mind um, as a little kid and what I did then it was just the TV shows that I watched i'd introduce myself, the cartoons that I watch I'd place myself in them and just play out scenarios and create stories and crazy stuff in my mind or come up with new stories of myself in in a heroic uh, way I guess um, and then that led to reading books i I, I really fell in love with reading books um, but I, on the other hand, I really fell in love with playing video games, so I was this I was either playing a video game or reading a book. And um both things really worked out a an aspect of storytelling for me, you know. One of them I was I was being I was a part of just going through a story that someone else created but I was in it, acting it out. I really let myself be submersed into it. I was the character playing it or, or I was controlling it and I made decisions and that video game side uh really developed and worked out that side of my creativity and reading a book the other side was just diving into and following a character really create seeing this story unfold before my eyes and alongside a character often and seeing how that character's life was um, affected and and evolved through that story right and that really went all the way up into my High school year into my high school years, as soon as I got into high school, my eleventh grade year, my junior year, I was in my English class, and I guess my English teacher at some point thought that what we were covering I was way too. I wouldn't say smart or advanced for, but I was flying over the class in a sense. I was I needed to be in a in a in a, in a higher class, so she decided to suggest. For me to go into um, an AP, a uh, dual enrollment class, I'm sorry. A dual enrollment class uh, for English and world literature. And uh, that introduced me to my favorite teacher I've ever had. My favorite teacher, uh, Mr. Garcia. And I will say I was a terrible student, um, I'm a pretty bad student when it comes to school. And especially in his class, we would give us books to read at home, and I don't think I can... I read The NeverEnding Story, the whole book. And that's about it. I kind of read parts in some books, and then I just completely, oftentimes, didn't read at all. Um, but I loved that class. I loved reading the things that I did get to read a whole bunch of poems, a whole bunch of stories that I don't think I would have ever read if I was never in his class, if I was never introduced to it um, in his class. But, And he really just made English literature fun, interesting to me. And really the seed of me writing this book I'm writing now was planted back then by him. You know, he's a published author and his love and his enthusiasm for Writing and literature books that have a substance and there's layers to them and they they have depth and it isn't just this you know well-written story about Whatever, you know, there's elements of, of, of that, but it's a book that, that has layers and, and it talks about things and it addresses you know cultural things and and deeper subjects than just a love story Um you know, so that, that seed was planted in my mind of, of me writing a, a modern literature book. And that, and that really was planted there, and then, it, and then it sat there for a while. For a while. Um, and then I got introduced to D&D, Dungeons & Dragons. Um, and I really explored my storytelling uh, creativity there um got introduced to Critical Role by one of my best friends and we decided to start playing we decided to to try to get as many games in as possible as many sessions in as possible of Dungeons and Dragons we would play whenever we could and I was the one single guy in the group everyone else was either like with, like in a relationship or or married and you know I was the guy that was available willing and wanted to, to play every single weekend But we had to schedule it and over time, as of right now, we haven't really played in a couple of months. But back then when I first was introduced to it a couple of years ago, man, we played any chance we got. And uh, I started off just playing, you know, a PC and then I I got into DMing, dungeon mastering, running my own sessions. And really that cooperative storytelling that D&D has where... Uh, the funnest version of D&D is the version of D&D that's played in cooperation with everyone else and everyone's working towards a common goal and creating a story and telling a story together and um, this one big story of of this group of people just doing stuff and sometimes heroic, sometimes goofy but I really explored my creative side in creating characters and creating stories that meant something and fit and had a had a drive, a beginning, middle, and an end to it really started developing there in, in Dungeons and & Dragons. And actually, the inspiration of the book that I'm writing now, the inspiration of the main character and his story really comes from a character I created in Dungeons & Dragons to play. Um, and I saw his story and I just sat down i got a. I got i got an idea for a book and i ran with it and i really fell in love with with storytelling in that sense and actually dying to find a a group of a group of guys a group of people to play with um i've been dying to play with to play with somebody for for a while but that's beside the point um and, and now where I'm at a place now where, where I'm really just focusing on writing the book, finishing the book, I'm done writing it, I need to edit it, the editing process needs to finish, and then send it off to publishers and, and see what happens, see what they say, you know, um, but that's really the origin of my, of my creativity in the sense of storytelling. Um, but in there somewhere, there was a period of my life where I really fell into this depression, where I fell out of love with a lot of it, a lot of that. I really stopped, um, um, took a step away from, from that creative side. Um, I fell into this, this depression and, and part of it that, that added to it was, was my weight. Right, and now we're going to talk about the second part of the number, the, the second topic of, of the podcast. You know, health and fitness, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of an origin of why I'm talking about this, why I, I feel passionate about this. Um. I just recently, uh, a couple months ago, actually just hit 80 pounds, having lost. So I've lost 80 pounds in a span of a couple. A couple uh, months. More or less. I'm hitting a year mark now actually. In about a year I've lost about 80 pounds. Um, But this journey actually started maybe two and a half years ago. um, Where I saw myself weighing. Two and a half years ago Rudy. It was more like a year and a half ago. I'm sorry. About a year and a half ago I, I, I weighed myself and I was weighing about 309. No. Two hundred and ninety-four pounds. I almost hit three hundred pounds, and that really shocked me. Because I, when I was younger, I wrestled in high school. I was a two hundred pound guy of just in shape, the best shape of my life. For my whole life, I've, I've been working out, so I never thought I'd you know hit. I'd hit. I'd get close to three hundred pounds. Uh, but after I graduated high school, that I stopped wrestling. Slowly but surely, since two thousand twelve till twenty. To the end of 2018 i was just really not focusing on my health not focusing on um my looks and and my weight and what i ate i was just doing whatever i wanted um and i really fell into that that i guess that mentality and that want for instant gratification especially through that depression um Where I felt so bad, I just wanted to feel good. So I'd go to McDonald's and eat something that tasted heavenly, you know, at the time. And I'm not going to lie, even now, I crave McDonald's hard. I like McDonald's. I like fast food. I like food. But um, at the time, it was just, it came from a very negative place, bad place. And that depression led to um, self-loathing, a hate. That actually a benefit came from because my dedication and my drive to lose weight and change the way I looked and the way I felt came from that hate, which I wouldn't really recommend to everybody. That's a pretty pretty dark place to be in. But what I do think what I do think everyone needs to understand is if there's something that you don't like about yourself, something that's negative about yourself, and you want to change it, either change it or accept it, right? But we have to accept that being overweight is unhealthy and it's unnegative. Um, the clear sign of an unhealthy person is if they're overweight, um, for one reason or another. Um, yes, genetics play a part of your weight, but really, it isn't that much. It isn't a, a deciding factor, right? Some people are overweight because they haven't taken care of themselves and they're unhealthy. Most people, most people, not to say all, that's not, that's not talking about absolutes, but most people that are overweight are unhealthy and, and it has very little to do with, with their genetics. And really it's, it's that mindset of, like I was saying before, instant gratification we live in a, in a society and a culture that wants things right now and that wants to feel good right now, always. They can't, we live in a culture where people can't accept hardship. It's, it's a negative to go through hardship. They see no benefit in going through uh, stress and hardship and, and struggles. They don't see the benefit in it, the, the benefit of, of becoming a stronger person, of becoming wiser and growing and they don't see any benefit in the struggle. They, we live in a culture where the struggle is a negative 100% of the time and let's try to avoid it at all costs. Um, where actually the struggle and stress and, and difficult times mold you into, into a person that is uh, mature and, and smart and can really do good for the world if they take it from a mature and a positive standpoint um and trying to um neglect or deprive someone from uh, or quote-unquote protect someone from these hard times is actually a negative you know i see a lot of parents that try to protect their kids um from all the crap that this world can have and every bad thing that can happen and and I can see why a parent would, you know, um, I can't wait to be a father. I'm not a father yet, but I, I can see where that thing comes from, that desire to protect their kid comes from. But if you actually want what's good for anybody, um, the best thing you can do for them is in a kid's, in a, in a child's perspective, controlled stress, um, but in a grown-up's protective perspective, really facing hardships head on and understanding that we go through hardships and really accepting them and embracing them into our lives and and gaining and extracting every positive that we can from it um and that really is a mentality I went into into working out I I got to a point where I hated working out I hated um being in the gym and and um eating healthier but it got to it got to a point where my self loathing trumped that, my self loathing really really surpassed that hate for working out, which really was all laziness. I didn't hate it; I was just lazy. Um, which all that your 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 body, the human body, works in a very weird way. When you're that overweight, you really just are easy. It's easier for someone to tend to be lazy that overweight. Um, But I really just focused and and decided to change my life Not change my weight, but change my life Where I just told myself that I am that person now I eat good now and I go to to the gym The results will come in their time But I am this person now I changed my life, I changed my mindset I was the person that didn't eat um, McDonald's or fast food I was the person that didn't eat a specific way Um, I was the person that was in the gym at 10 o'clock at night, working out for an hour and a half because I only had the time to go in three times a week. So I made sure I worked out my full body. Every time I went in there, I had a good workout. Um, and I just completely changed my diet. I did this drastic thing. I'm Cuban. I was raised Cuban in South Florida, eating a Cuban diet with Cuban parents. So. The most drastic thing I can do is a keto diet, a ketogenic diet, completely cut out white rice, completely cut out anything that has carbs, any sweets, any sugars, um, anything, everything that had, that had sugars or carbs, I completely cut out. And I focused on eating good quality protein and, and good quality fats, right? So, um, I did that for eight months. I did that for eight months and I lost the bulk of my weight, during that time in those eight months of, of keto and working out. Um, and I know keto sometimes gets a bad rep, uh, for what it is because it isn't sustainable long Um, and yes, you do need, you know, you ref- refeed days and, and things like that where you refeed your body, the carbs that it does need, not the carbs that it doesn't need because there's a difference. Um, there's carbs that go to your muscles and carbs that go to your... There's carbs that go to your muscles and your brain, and there's carbs that go to your liver. The ones that go to your liver, your body doesn't need zero... Doesn't need at all. It needs zero of it. What your body needs is the carbs that go to your, your muscles and your brain, and it doesn't need it all that often. But that's the science of keto. I'm really not going to get into that right now. Uh, I'm just talking about my my origin. We'll get into all those specifics later, all those topics later. Um... But keto, every step of the way, it was um, it was difficult at times because with keto, you really aren't allowed any cheat days. That one refeed day every month and a half to three months is really all you get, but on a weekly basis, you don't get a, a cheat day. Because think about it. The point of keto is to be in a ketogenic state. To be in a ketogenic state, you can't eat carbs for a specific amount of time, um, to fall into that ketogenic state where your body is using fats as fuel so that usually takes three days let's just round it off and say it takes three days even if you do a three-day fast it's going to take you three days to get into that ketogenic state um now intermittent fasting and that that type of stuff helps but on an average it takes three days to be in a ketogenic state so from monday to wednesday on thursday you fall into your ketogenic state so you eat Keto, Thursday and Friday. On Saturday, you, you, you have a cheat meal or a cheat day and you're out of keto. Sunday, you're out of keto. Monday, you start eating keto again, but you're not in keto. Remember, it takes three days to fall into a ketogenic state. So you're eating keto, you're eating good, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But Thursday, you're in a ketogenic state. So you're using your fats as fuel. Friday again, but then Saturday, you're off it. Sunday, you're off it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're off it. So you're really on a ketogenic state two days out of the week. You're not doing anything. Right. So you cannot have a cheat day on keto. And as good as these products may be or, or, or whatever, um, these these like keto ice cream and keto cookies and keto this and diet sodas that have no sugar, but they have uh, sucralose, which is just as bad and and stuff like that. Really, there is no easy way out. If you're going to do keto to lose weight, you have to do Keto. You can do this clean keto, dirty keto, no, no, keto, where you drink water, and that's your main source of, of liquids, water, or, and, I'm sorry, and you eat good proteins and good fats. That's it. You don't try to cheat your way around it or make keto bread or any of this stuff, because there's no but you're, you're really not doing anything for your mental state you're just finding yourself a way around it you're trying you're finding your way around the what we just talked about you're finding your way around the struggle around the 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 stress to alleviate it a little bit no embrace the stress embrace the struggle embrace it learn to love it and run forward with it and then you'll see results I had a friend of mine from my church, one of the youth. He looked at me and he told me, Rudy, you're the first person that I see in this church. There's so many people in this church that, oh, I'm doing keto, I'm doing keto, and I don't see any results. You're the first person that does it, and I and I see results. Um and I told him, honestly, it's because a lot of these people that you're saying, they're doing the runaround. They they say they do it, they don't follow it, they don't keep up, they're they're not on top of it. They're not dedicated, you know. There's a lot of reasons why people don't, um, and everyone needs to arrive to that decision on their own. But the truth is the truth, and I'm not better than anybody. I just changed my mindset and said, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna see results, and this is who I'm gonna become. It all starts in the mind. The mind controls the body, and from there, you are led. Um in a in a in a anatomical sense. You know, we'll get into theology later at the end. Um but you have to change your mind first before you see any change in your body, any change in yourself. You have to change your attitude, you have to change your mind, and you have to change your heart before that leads to any type of change in in any results you want to see. Um Yep, that was basically my little origin with with keto and a little spiel uh, about my mindset when it comes to health, fitness, and just being a person. Uh, We're going to jump into the third topic, culture and current events. Culture and current events. So this one's a little bit dicey. I put it here at the end, um, towards the end because of reasons, you know, close it off you know, on, on a build up you know, um, culture and current events. This is where I'm going to really give my opinion on things and uh, might get controversial and might get really divisive, not on purpose, of course, but I just know the, the, the cultural climate we live in. And, um, unfortunately I really love the truth and my opinion just isn't, uh, widely accepted. Um, at the moment but here we are uh every way every voice needs the same respect and the same a um, uh, place to speak and be heard right so culture and current events and i can really uh this is this is an episode of generalized generalizations a little bit just speaking about each topic in a general sense and just to give you guys where my heart is in each of these things and then we'll get into the details later But what what I want to talk about when it comes to culture and current events is really this general sense that we need love and truth now in these times. Um, And we need both. Because I think there's a lot of people that will go to one side and say, we need love only. And and really that's a danger in the sense that it can lead to um, people letting go of truths just for love. Right, um, Which isn't really love Is this half love Because love and truth go hand in hand um, But they say we need love Accept everything Even if it's a lie It doesn't matter Let's just love everybody And I, and I get that I really do um, But we need love And we need, we need truth But then you have the people that say We need the truth And that's it Full stop But we need love We need a truth that's loving And a love that's truthful um, and I think that's missing now that's missing. There's a lot of things that's being talked about that, um, we need to love on people, but we also need to seek truth and, and real justice and real, um, change will, will come when we find the truth and address the actual topic and stop aiming at something that is in the topic. And we stop trying to cure the symptoms and we start trying to cure the disease. Right? There's a lot of things that are being talked about today. There's a lot of issues that are being addressed that are the symptoms to a sickness that isn't being addressed. Um and the greater sickness is of course sin, but like I said, that's that's later. We're gonna, we are going to dive into that later. Um but there is a sickness in our culture that breeds symptoms. Um that people are focusing on the symptoms, very true symptoms, but any type of change, any type of lasting change that will fix these symptoms come when we address the, the sickness. And, um, you know, the saying, you know, the truth shall set, they will know the truth and the truth shall set them free. And biblically, of course, that talks about the gospel and, and there's no denying that, but also the truth. About a sub about a uh, about a thing sets you free from ignorance sets you free from not knowing and 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 the cage of ignorance right uh, the truth shall set you free from oppression or it'll set you free from the lie of oppression a lie of, of of oppression that that there's this oppression that doesn't exist or it'll set you free from hate or like the lie of hate you know, the truth that there is actually no hate or less hate than you think, um, that lie, the truth will set you free from that lie and allow you to live in, in a place where you understand that you're not oppressed and you're not hated for whatever reason. Individuals are individuals and there's people that might hate you, but that hate does not condemn you and it does not uh chain you there's some people that might try to oppress you but you're only oppressed if you're if, if you let them right individuals you're only oppressed if you give them that if you turn around and walk away they can't oppress you we live in a free country where you can turn around and walk away right so um the truth i think is being lost and true love is being lost love isn't a thing that accepts everything blindly love is a thing that accepts the person but loves them enough to um help them grow and help them become a better person than what they were before you love the person without condition but there are certain aspects of the person that cannot be accepted not because the person is a bad person but if that thing is accepted They don't become a well rounded person. They don't become a more complete person. They don't become a better person than they were before because we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. None of us will ever be perfect. Um, But we have to try to be better today than what we were yesterday. And we have to try to be better tomorrow than what we were today. And we are social creatures. We need other people. Humans, us as humans, we naturally suck at self-analyzing. So we need to have people that we trust around us, that love us, that'll, that'll tell us, hey, you're failing in this, and, and, and you need to work on this. But it doesn't devalue you as a person. You're not any less than of a person because of that. There, someone just loves you enough that you can become a better person tomorrow, and even better tomorrow, because we'll never achieve the standard. Life is a continual struggle to be better than you were yesterday. Right? So, we'll get a little bit specific about what's going on. And I may be a little late on it, but, you know, um, this is when I'm sitting down and talking about it. Um, These riots that were happening, that really started because of the the murder of uh, George Floyd, I'll be the first one to say Um, George Floyd was murdered uh, incorrectly by cops that um, did not take the proper actions and the proper steps and these cops uh, murdered George Floyd they murdered a man Um, I'm not going to get into why he was stopped or what happened there I am talking about the act that happened Was incorrect. And the cop that did it. And the other cops have been. I know that the cop that did it. Has been charged. And I I don't really don't know about the other cops. But. I don't know what came across the other cops yet. But. There has been consequences. Right. So the riots and the protest. We live. We live in America. I believe in. All the rights we have in America. As Americans. And if I'm going to believe in. My right to. Uh own a gun I'm going to believe in the right to protest the right to peacefully assemble right and that's what a peaceful protest is we have that right to uh, assemble and protest any topic and um, we can disagree and I may think that there are certain errors and certain lies that you're believing which is leading you to protest but you have the freedom to protest just as I have the freedom to um um what's the word I'm looking for Disagree with, with that protest, right? But what we don't have a right is for rioting. Rioting and looting and, and the destruction of businesses. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have brought up uh, the, the Revolutionary War and people rising up and rioting against a tyrannical government that uh, imposed taxes and, and things like that on our country. And we rioted, we rose up, we fought back, and we gained our independence. But the people that fought for the independence, the people in the Revolutionary War, when they started rising up and fighting, they, started, they were destroying and rioting against government property, right? The, the government at the time uh, of Great Britain, we destroyed, the, we, the, them back then, they destroyed, for example, Boston Tea Party, it was, it was royal owned you know, uh, British-owned tea that we threw threw overboard. You know, we were fighting a government that was actually tyrannical and held us down and imposed taxes on us, and we fought against it. But nowadays, this rioting is for what exactly? Because all I see is people attacking businesses, small business owners, businesses and, and, and that had, had nothing to do with the George Floyd incident and the so-called systemic racism that is that is believed to exist in this country. These rioters are attacking um, individuals and people and and businesses and destroying cars for what? How does that what what, what changes there? What are you trying to show? There really is nothing. There's no point, right? There's this needless violence, and anybody, anybody that's trying to defense this, defend this writing and, and looting is either ignorant, blind by their own biasy, or they they're really just. Honestly, bad people that see such a, a good thing from this writing and, and see this as a good thing, which is opposite from what I was talking about. Life struggle is one thing, but this thing, attacking innocent business owners that had nothing to do with it. Or, or black lives matter, but they're out here killing black cops. I don't understand. So if you're going to sit here and protest against systemic racism... And peacefully protest and stand against police brutality... And talk and have speeches and talk about it and bring up the topic... That's fine. We'll talk about it. You bring that up and I'll bring facts as to why none of that is true. But this writing is pointless. All you're doing is inciting anger inciting violence, its the, the, the boiling pot is going to get to a point where the pressure is going to blow the top off and, and something is going to happen that is going to be very regretful and there's going to get to a point where there's no turning back. No turning back. The rioting should not be happening, should have never happened. And the more I see, the more I read into it, the more I'm thinking that the Black Lives Matter movement, that whole thing, there's certain people that are doing peacefully, and I'm not condemning those people, although I do think that their their opinion and what they're saying is wrong. I'm not condemning them. That's not what my problem. I do believe that the whole writing and looting this whole issue is being used as a front for what actually is wanted a revolution against whatever's you know the government that we have now to establish some new thing and call me a call me a conspiracy theorist this isn't a conspiracy i'm just forming ideas from what i'm reading right there's certain places that have been declared autonomous zones by antifa the newly named terrorist group antifa should have been named a terrorist group a long time ago because they have been active just the news does not want to talk about them because it doesn't fit the narrative but antifa is a hateful group the anti-fascist group is nothing but fascists that is trying to use violence and rioting to take control in seattle They've taken control, and the governor in Seattle has told the cops and everything else to pull away and let them take control. In North Carolina, they tried. The cops tore that autonomous zone down. Good job, North Carolina, right? But this climate that we're in is is the worst climate to be in. Because there's no more conversation. One side can't speak. Can't speak. Because the other side instantly vilifies. Vilifies and makes the other side the villain just because they're disagreed. And sometimes even people on their same side that just disagrees with them on certain things, they're vilified. They don't care. They'll attack their own you need to believe what they believe exactly the way they believe it. And if, and if you don't, you're the villain, you're the problem, you're a racist, you're a Nazi, you're a homophobe, you hate, and you're full of hate, and and you need to be destroyed. Of course the masses are, 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 are lining up. If that's what's being preached, people is, are eating that up, and of course they feel justified to stand up and attack. Of course they do. If I believe that strongly that there was another side trying to that hated me and all they wanted to do was out for my blood and wanted to kill me. And every time I stepped outside, every police car that I saw that cop in there wanted to kill me just because I was me and the color of my skin, of course I'm fighting back. But here's the thing about it. That is a lie. That isn't true. That is a narrative that's being pushed for a certain agenda that I'm not smart enough to even talk about, right? But it's social conditioning. Every single cop that I've heard talk about what happened to George Floyd, they said it's disgraceful and, and they hate that that happened. Those cops were completely in the wrong. Those cops that did that thing to George Floyd were completely in the wrong. And every cop that I've ever spoken to or I've ever heard talk about that issue has vilified and completely rejected their actions. So what are we fighting? Systemic racism. We do not live in a system that is racist. The United States is not a racist country. We had a, we had a civil war. We fought against ourselves and people here in this country. We had a civil war and a, and a, and a, and a um, civil rights movement. One to end slavery and the other one to end segregation. And the systemic racism that did exist. But point racism out to me and I will stand next to you. Actual racism. And I will stand next to you and fight against it. Because racism is evil. But lying is evil as well. There is no such thing as systemic racism in this country. There really isn't. If anything, affirmative action. Affirmative action makes it 10 times easier for a black man to get into a college than for a white man. And that's racist. That's racist against the black person. Because for whatever reason, affirmative action believes that the black person needs help to get into college. As to the white person doesn't. Why? Where's the equal playing field? Let's make people equal. Right? Equal in value. One person is not more valuable than the other one. The actions, not inherently. The actions and decisions that one person makes takes them down a life path. And the actions and decisions another person makes takes them down another path. It's not racism where you're born affects slightly, but all it affects is, is really your life decisions. You're still the one that needs to make your own decisions. You're still free to make your own decisions. Someone that's born a little bit more well off, maybe has a little bit more help um, from their parents. They still have to do their part to work hard to create something of their own. And if they don't and if they're lazy, that's a negative And they're le- living off of their parents' money and their parents should never have raised them like that. But somebody who builds something of their own and, and creates something, they have to put the work in. Someone that grew up in a ghetto or poor. Notice I said someone that grew up in a ghetto. You're racist if you think I'm only talking about black people. Black people are not the only people that live in the ghetto. There are white people that live in the ghetto and there are Hispanics that live in the ghetto. And there's people of every race that live in the ghetto. I've lived in the ghetto before and I am not black. I'm a, I am am an American-born Cuban raised in South Florida. People, anybody that lives in the ghetto or in a poor situation, they have to do their own part and make wiser decisions and make decisions to get out of there and get to where they want if they want to stay in the ghetto their actions reveal their wants they can talk that they want to not live there anymore but if they didn't make any actions to get out of it that's where their heart is that's where they feel stuck and if there's any change what we need to do is change that mentality for them thinking that you're stuck there you're not stuck there you're not stuck in poverty You can work and get out of it. But again, we go back to instant gratification. No one is willing to work and put in the work for a long period of time to build anything. Everyone wants it right now. And if you can't see it right now, you're going to do whatever you can, illegal or otherwise, to get it right now. And if you don't, you quit. We live in a culture of, I don't have it right now, I'm quitting and I'm not doing anything. Instead Instead of trying to change legislation... And change laws that make the government more powerful. And if you haven't realized by now, the government sucks at almost everything. They get everything wrong. If not, just go to the DMV. Just go to the DMV. The government is good at only three things. Foreign protection. Homeland security. And I can't think of the third one. The third one is slipping me, but that doesn't really matter. The government, the scope of the government is very limited. Oh, and and um, I do. I was first time I was I was reading something here on the on the podcast, completely distracting me. But we're back here. Um, the the scope of the government should be small, contained to what it's good at. And if we're going to go into this government that you're saying is systemically racist to change, what change you, change yourself as an individual. The change comes first from the man in the mirror, the person in the mirror. Martin Luther King Jr. said that he had a dream that his daughters would grow up in a world where they're not judged by the, by the color of their skin, but by their character. And I may have paraphrased that a little bit. Be a person that decides to grow and make your own decisions to get out of wherever you're at now that you feel that you don't want to be in. Don't try to make the government get you out of there. The government isn't good at it. Make your own decisions. Be independent. Go out work. Stop spending your money on all the things that you don't need as material things that you don't need. If that's your goal, to be wealthy, to be rich, to build something of your own, work hard, save money, become an entrepreneur, start a business, find and be creative to get yourself out of where you want to be. Long story short, super long winded, but at the end of the day, we need to slowly start building a culture again that we love people, but we also love the truth. And having both things really does add more value to the person, more value to ourselves, and more value to our culture and our society. Um, So, yeah, that was my, that's what we were talking about, uh, culture, current events. That one's just going to be really nice and hot topic issues. Um, Finally, the last thing we're going to jump into today and every day, we're talking about uh, the Bible scripture you know my belief what I believe Christianity and just we're going to dive into certain topics but today today I really want to start it off with something that I believe that is the most important thing about my faith and it's the gospel however long this takes I'm going to sit and share the gospel to whoever is listening maybe this is a reminder to other Christians or this you're you know you're not and you just want to um, maybe not want to but you know Here's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel that I believe. I believe that God created man. um, Created man in his own image. um, Humanity. And we lived in a perfect place, in a perfect state of relationship with God. Um, But at some point, humanity fell. Humanity allowed... Uh, sin to enter their hearts and uh, from that moment on there was a separation between God and man Uh, that relationship that we had before was broken because of sin sin is inside all of us sin has permeated and infected the perfect creation God created and Sin has is what caused the separation between man and God, Um, and every man is born into it. Every man, woman, every human is born into sin with sin in their souls. Um, Unfortunately, sin permeated it, permeated humanity in such a way where we're all tainted. None of us are perfect. Um, We all fail. We all sin. And, and we're all on, on an equal playing field. No matter what we do, no matter what our works are, no matter how hard we try to strive and work to reach a state of perfection, we will never achieve it. Um, so, we needed a payment for that sin. You know, so sin required a payment, and that payment is death. Uh, the separation of God being one version of that death, but also an eternal condemnation, an eternal separation from God. So that that sin required payment. And no human was or is but worthy enough or good enough or perfect enough to to pay that, to to be perfect, to Be good enough to defeat and pay the payment of sin. So, Jesus came. Jesus, um, the gospel that I believe in, is a gospel that says that our God is a triune God. The, The Trinity, the Holy Trinity exists. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are three personalities of the same God. You know, there is one God. Um one God in three. Um, and I guess we'll dive into that in, in a future episode. But Jesus came being fully man and fully God came to earth as a baby, humbled, him, humbled himself, stepped out of divinity, um, and, and wrapped himself in the clothing of humanity and was born in a, as a baby in a manger to, um, To human parents, uh, the Immaculate Conception, uh, to to Mary, to the Virgin Mary, uh, He was born and He came to earth for the sole purpose of dying on the cross, of, of sacrificing Himself for us, of paying the payment that was owed by us so that He can then grant us his life he came to earth lived a perfect life live a life of example for us to follow giving us the answers and the example of how to live and how to act in certain situations and the the type of life to live he lived the life we couldn't live the perfect life we could never achieve but still died the death that we deserved a death on the cross And he was buried for three days but on the third day christ resurrected he defeated death he defeated hell and the grave conquered sin and the condemnation of it and is now sitting at the right hand of the father back in relationship god triune god back in relationship with himself establishing a link a bridge the way for us to have a relationship with god our creator um and the one that loves us jesus came to die on the cross purely because he loved us and the only way that we can love now is because he loved us first jesus didn't wait for us to love him or for us to be good enough or for us to have turned back to him to want him For Him to have come down and died on the cross for us. He loved us first, so now we respond back with love. And He gave us that way. And there's nothing we have to do to gain that salvation. There's no work that we can do. There's nothing, nothing that we can do. All we need to do is accept that sacrifice. Accept that forgiveness that God and Jesus is, is reaching out to us. Um, is extending out to us. God wants you to be saved. To be saved not just to get to heaven, but to live a life to live a lifestyle following his ways, following his path, a lifestyle of self-sacrifice that helps others, a life a lifestyle of actual fulfillment. Of actual purpose and value. Finding value in our creator and not in created things. But seeking the creator more than the created. And a life of surrender and of sacrifice. Placing others before yourself. Valuing others before yourself. Loving without condition. Seeking the truth without fail and without faltering and loving God above all things, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and loving your neighbor as you love yourself, loving your enemy as you love yourself. Being someone that forgives quickly, loves passionately, and is on a constant path to being the human that God originally intended us to be. I pray God blesses you. I pray you had an awesome time listening to me speak. I pray you're here for the next episode. Today is a Sunday. Uh, I'm still debating whether to whether whether to post this today or tomorrow Monday, but It will be posted at the beginning of the week sometime. Um, I may get on a schedule every Monday, maybe, but we'll see how that goes. This is the first episode I'm really excited to have starting this. Can't wait for you to listen to the next episode. Um, Really excited that you guys are here. I pray God blesses you um, in your endeavors. I pray He keeps you in your hand. And if you don't know Him, I pray you keep an open mind, and I pray that He'll open your heart. And who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe you give God a chance. Maybe you've given a lot of ch- you know, given chances to different things, and they haven't worked. But maybe just give this a chance and see what God can do in your life. Uh, it might not be the easiest life. It definitely won't be the easiest life. It may even get harder, but you will find fulfillment. And you will find purpose and true love. Love from a creator that will become a father that will never fail you. Again, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Against the Current Podcast. Good night.